This is Church of the Resurrection in Wheaton, Illinois. All right, you all. On this cold February night, you might call me crazy, but I am excited about Lent. Okay, so maybe what you're thinking is something more like, ever since COVID hit the U.S. in March of last year, it's kind of felt like I've been living in one never-ending season of Lent. Do I really have to give more up? I feel like I've been spending the last year of my life giving stuff up. Maybe previous Lents for you have felt a bit like, I don't know, like a, like a weird Christian competition. Who can give the most? Who can fast the most? Who can adopt the most rigorous set of spiritual disciplines? And you're thinking, you know, this year of all year, of all years, I'd like to bow out of that competition. So I have good news for you, if you feel that way. Jesus is not interested in that sort of Lent either. The church gives us this reading out of the Gospel of Matthew every year for Lent. And it's from this passage that we receive the three main disciplines of Lent, giving, fasting, and prayer. But Jesus has a stern warning for how we approach these disciplines. Listen to what he says about prayer. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. So I'm not excited for that kind of Lent. However, listen to the beginning of the church's invitation to Lent that Bishop Stewart's going to say to us in just a few minutes. It begins like this. Dear people of God, the first Christians observed with great devotion the days of our Lord's passion and resurrection. Holy Week. And it, began, it became the custom of the church to prepare for them by a season of penitence and fasting. You see, Lent is not an end unto itself. Lent is a journey. And it's a journey back to the central event of our lives as Christians. It's a journey to the universe-altering reality of the death and resurrection of Jesus. For the earliest Christians, Lent was the final journey of spiritual preparation for new believers before they were baptized. And it soon became the journey for every believer back to the yearly renewal of our baptismal vows. This is a journey to springtime, springtime of the earth and springtime of our souls. It's a journey back to our first love, back to Jesus, who has accomplished salvation for each of us through his cross and his resurrection. And here's the exciting news we have at Lent. We don't have to wait to Holy Week. We can leave on that journey now, and we can go together. But as we keep reading in the Gospel of Matthew, it's better than even that, because Jesus invites us to a type of prayer and fasting and giving that draws us closer to the Father. Because your heavenly Father, who knows your heart, who knows your needs, he desires to bless you in a very personal way. Jesus says this three times in this passage, but, but listen to what he says about prayer in verse 6. 
But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So what if we changed the question we asked at the beginning of Lent? What if instead of, what do I give up this Lent? What if we asked ourselves, on this Lenten journey to Easter, what would I most desire to receive from my Heavenly Father? Do you desire freedom from a a particular sin in your life? Perhaps you desire just simply more joy, a rekindling of your faith. Maybe you desire a renewed ability to love a difficult person in your life, or you desire more passion to share the gospel, to share your faith with those who are far from God. Perhaps instead this Lent of picking up a heavy burden, there's an opportunity to lay one down. So what testimony of transformation would you desire to give on Easter Sunday morning? Because in the next six weeks, the frozen tundra of our Chicago landscape is going to change. It's going to start changing dramatically. Do you know how much the Lord could change the landscape of your own heart in that same amount of time? Would you like to find out? So resurrection, let's go on a journey towards spring, towards Holy Week and the resurrection of our Lord, towards the open arms of our Heavenly Father who desires to give us good things. And let's not arrive at Holy Week groggy and confused like we took the red-eye flight the night before. Let's leave now. Let's grab our walking sticks and our backpacks and let's head out the door so that we might arrive at our destination six weeks from now a changed people, a ready people. So if you haven't thought at all yet about what you're going to do this Lent, that's okay. Part of the journey is preparing. So I want to offer that we all take, as a church, from now until this next Sunday, to prepare together for the journey of Lent. Our pastoral team has actually put together a really simple prayer exercise that should have come stuffed in your bulletins as you walked in. We've also got it available online if you're joining us via live stream. It's downloadable from there as well. I want to invite you to find one hour between now and Sunday to prepare with this exercise. And I want to take the rest of my time just to talk about the three steps of preparation for our Lenten journey. So first, chart your course. And then, find your travel buddy. And last, pack your bags. So we start by charting our course. We know our destination. Holy Week, the cross, the resurrection of Jesus. But in order to chart our course, we have to know our starting point. So where are you? After this strange and difficult year, where do you find yourself? So this is the point at which Lent can feel heavy because our journey begins with the stark and alarming realization of how in just one year's time, we can wander so far from the things of God. And we need this alarm. It's the alarm that sounded in our reading from the prophet Joel. Our passage this this evening began, "'Blow a trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm on my holy mountain.'" Let the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near. 
a day of darkness and gloom. Just like the people of Israel, we wander, and Lent begins with a call to repentance. We take an honest look at our sins. We name them. It's a wake-up call to assess where we find ourselves. So where's your starting point? We have to know where we're starting from in order to chart our course because we're getting ready to go somewhere. And yes, Joel's message is a message of repentance, but that word repentance is a word of action. It means to make a 180-degree turn away from your sins and back towards the Lord. And listen to the invitation that the Lord gives in this same passage. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him. So what's your starting point this Lent? Where do you find yourself? I want to offer to you the same two questions Bishop Stewart gave to us just about 10 days ago. Start by asking this, Lord, where have I not followed you well in the last year? But also, Lord, where have I followed you well in the last year? So first of all, where have you not followed the Lord well? Invite the Lord to raise the alarm in your heart in regards to sinful actions or thought patterns. But I also want to invite you to consider habits that you've formed over the last year. Perhaps things that started at the beginning of COVID as even forms of comfort in a, in a weird and strange time. But as you look back at the year, you think, you know, I've grown attached to those habits, perhaps even more attached to those things than I am to the Lord. So consider your habits. Also, consider any burdens you've been carrying, perhaps personal or family burdens, or maybe burdens for things that have happened in our nation, in our world, in our culture. And perhaps you've been carrying those heavy burdens apart from the Lord. So where have you not been following the Lord well? But also ask, Lord, where have I been following you well? There's been some strange opportunities in the weird year we've had. I've heard stories from you all. Um, some of you have had the opportunity to go deeper in a life of prayer with the time and the space that you've had. Um, opportunities to get on top of your finances in new ways and live a more generous life. Um, there's been different stories in different families, but in some households, there's just been opportunity to spend more time together and build stronger family culture. The Lenten journey starts by charting our course, and we ask the Lord to set into our lives those things that have gone well, to this, gone well this year, even on a deeper level, and also to give us strength to turn from anything that has pulled us away from Him. And it's from that starting place we discern our particular path of prayer and fasting and giving this Lent. So let me give you just a few quick examples. Maybe when COVID started, you just got in a habit of having a drink with dinner or after dinner. And now you look back at a year's worth of time and you think, man, I am drinking a lot more alcohol than I used to. Or maybe it was movies. 
Maybe it was just home alone with your family or your housemates with nothing else to do and just the comfort of sitting down on the couch and watching movies together. Whatever maybe that habit is, maybe you've grown more attached to that than you have to the Lord. I want to suggest this Lent that you could lay that habit aside completely for six weeks. And what might the Lord do with that space, that space of heart, that space of time as you lay that down? Maybe what you desire is just a deeper connection with the Lord, a deeper prayer life. So I would suggest to you a weekly rhythm of prayer and fasting. Pick one day of your week. If you never fasted before, maybe just one or two meals and find time in that space when you're fasting to pray, even for just a few minutes to pray hungry. What might the Lord fill that hunger with? All right, I want to suggest one perhaps for all of us. After a weird, strange, and difficult year, we've been taking in a lot of information. A lot of crazy things have happened. And as we take that information in on our news feeds, on our social media feeds, the weight of worry, of anxiety, and yes, sometimes even fear, can start to feel like it's going to crush us. So Resurrection, I want to invite you this Lent to a fast from news media and social media. Now that has to be discerned for your context because I know some of you have jobs that actually involve social media and news media. But what kind of fast could you do? Could you wait to check your news feed or your social media feed until after you've started your workday? Could you put your phone away after dinner? What might the Lord do with that space and that time? So the first thing we do is we chart our course. But next, we're going to find our traveling buddy. We go together, yes, as the whole church, but I'm going to ask you, who's going to walk right beside you on this journey? Who are you going to talk to along the way? How often Jesus called his disciples by twos. How often he sent them out by twos. Because at times the path can be confusing. It can be lonely can be tiring. Sometimes the Lenten path can be boring. The destination, yes, it's very exciting, but the Lord can actually release a whole new level of joy in the journey itself as we travel with a friend. I'm even going to suggest that for those of you who are married, that you find someone else to be your travel buddy. Yes, you can travel with your spouse, but I simply think there's an opportunity this Lent for us to grow in Christian friendship as we travel with our, with our friend. So find your traveling buddy. Uh, Several years ago, our staff team was on a two-day retreat at this beautiful retreat center. And there was this small lake on the property with these rowboats around the lake. And we met the director of the retreat center. And he was really proud of this retreat center and how well it was maintained. He told us the meticulous way they took care of the building and the grounds. And he gave us this stern warning. He said, Feel free to row in the boats on the lake, but please don't take the boats out to the river that's attached to the lake. Now, like I said, this was many years ago, so um, Father Brett and I weren't these shining examples of maturity and responsibility that you see before you now. And so we said, you know, what if we just took the boats out on the river, I don't know, just for like a couple minutes. So we rowed out onto the river. We got going down the quick stream, And of course, we got talking. 
And two minutes became something like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes of rowing downstream. And then one of us said to the other, whoa, we got to get back. We've got a, we've got a meeting. So we turn around and we take, I don't know, three strokes upstream. And we're like, this is not going to happen. So we pulled the boat over to the side of the river. And I don't have time to tell you the whole story, nor can I endorse the way we finally did get the boat back to the uh, retreat center the next day. But what lay before us at that moment was an arduous, an arduous hike through heavy woods with no discernible path. And I don't, I don't know the names for all the different kinds of plant life. I'm not good with that sort of thing. But, but there were the pokey things and the scratchy things and the velcry, sticky, painful things. This would be a story of absolute misery that I would be telling you right now, except I walked this path, or lack thereof, with Father Brett. And we spent that time talking and laughing, mostly at ourselves, and catching up with each other on, on how we're doing on each other's lives. Yes, the destination when we arrived there was very sweet, but the journey itself was transformed as we walked that road together. So, Chart your course, find your traveling buddy, and then third, pack your bags. So let me just enjoy the metaphor for a moment here. First, pack your map. Bring your Bible. Uh, when our family goes on a trip, my son Zach likes to study the atlas. See, the atlas is, an atlas is this big book of maps that people used to use before we had smartphones. And he'll start by tracing our route, where we're going on, this journey, on our journey. But then, inevitably, Zach will just start flipping the pages, looking at other states. And then he starts memorizing capitals and major landmarks of those states. The Lenten journey is a great time to just spend more time in your Bible. Let yourself get lost in a path of following different references through different books of the Bible. It's also a great time to memorize scripture. I don't invite you, Resurrection, to join us in memorizing Psalm 16. It's not very long. It's been a psalm that's been ministering to me very much on the last couple of months, and I think it's appropriate for our Lenten journey. It ends like this. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So pack your map, bring your Bible with you on this journey. Pack your traveling journal. Write down what the Lord speaks to you in scripture, in prayer, and through your travel buddy and others. If you're not much of a journaler, give it a six-week try and look back and see what the Lord did over the course of those six weeks. Pack your traveling journal and also Pack your compass. Let's let worship be our compass this Lent. You're going to have rough days when you feel like you're lost on the journey. Our worship of the living God reorients, reorients us to the kingdom of God. So we're going to be here every Sunday and almost every Thursday. So pack your compass. Let's worship together this Lent as well. So let's take these next few days and prepare for the Lenten journey. 
by charting our course, finding our traveling buddy, and packing our bags. I'm excited. I'm excited that Bishop Stewart has called our whole diocese to walk the Lenten journey together. I'm excited for us to lay down the burdens and sins that have weighed so heavy on us in the last year and instead pick up our cross and follow in the footsteps of Jesus on the journey back to Good Friday and the joy of Easter Sunday. And oh, how I'm excited for that destination, the joy of Easter. But I'm also excited for the work of transformation that the Lord might do as we walk along the Lenten path together. So hear the words of the writer to the Hebrews. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race, the journey that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So resurrection, let's grab our walking sticks. Let's grab our backpacks. Let's find our traveling buddies. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. And let's set out on the Lenten journey together. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening. Our vision at Church of the Resurrection is to equip everyone for transformation. As part of that vision, we love to share dynamic teaching, original music, and stories of transformation. For more of what you heard today, check out the rest of our podcast. To learn more about our ministry, visit churchres.org.